This is First News on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. On July 25th at approximately 7.38 p.m., New York State Police at Enwell and members of the Bureau of Criminal Investigation responded to a shooting in the 200 block of Carl Street in the town of Union. An adult male was found to have been shot in the chest area and was transported to Wilson Medical Center. The investigation is ongoing. On July 23rd at approximately 2.06 a.m., New York State Police at Oneonta and members of the Bureau of Criminal Investigation responded to the report of a one-vehicle crash on Shacktown Mountain Road in the town of Pittsfield. On scene, troopers discovered that a vehicle was traveling east on Shacktown Mountain Road when it exited the roadway, went down an embankment, and struck trees. A 22-year-old passenger was pronounced deceased on scene. The 22-year-old driver was transported to Bassett Hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. The crash remains under investigation. State police in Hastings are investigating a fatal motorcycle truck crash that occurred at the intersection of County Route 26 and Kip Road in the town of Parrish, Oswego County. On July 24th at 9.21 p.m., a 2008 Honda motorcycle operated by Joseph Bucci from Central Square was traveling west on County Route 26 when a 2020 Chevrolet pickup truck operated by Mark Hahn from Central Square was traveling south on Kip Road and making a left-hand turn when the motorcycle struck the front end of the pickup truck. Bucci was ejected from the motorcycle and was pronounced deceased at the scene. Man and a 64-year-old passenger were not hurt in the crash. Man was tested by a state police drug recognition expert and was negative for any alcohol or drug impairment. On Saturday, July 23rd, Troopers from State Police Waterloo responded to a property damage accident at Del Lago Casino in the town of Tyre. Christine Connors of Auburn was subsequently arrested for driving while ability impaired by drugs in the first degree and a traffic violation. On Friday, July 22nd, troopers from State Police Auburn responded to a motor vehicle accident on Kings Corners Road in the town of Ledyard. Jane Calais of Union Springs was subsequently arrested for driving while intoxicated and ticketed for refusal to submit to a breath test and another violation. Tyler Purvis Mitchell of Albany was sentenced to 150 months in prison for possessing and intending to distribute methamphetamine-laced pills in the city of Albany. Purvis Mitchell, who was on federal supervised release at the time of his offense, was sentenced to an additional 12 months in prison to be served consecutively for violations of his release conditions, including for his reckless flight from members of the Albany Police Department. Purvis Mitchell was convicted after a jury trial in December 2021. The evidence at trial established that on May 7, 2020, Purvis Mitchell possessed with the intent to distribute more than 125 pills containing methamphetamine and weighing over 50 grams in his residence and his vehicle. The jury voted to acquit Purvis Mitchell of two felony charges for possessing of a firearm as a felon and possession of a firearm in furtherance of a drug trafficking crime. Hector Sanchez of Rensselaer, New York, was sentenced to 70 months in prison for defrauding pandemic-related unemployment insurance and small business loan programs. 
As part of his prior guilty plea, Sanchez admitted to making false unemployment insurance claims to the New York State Department of Labor, using the identifying information of other people, and personally receiving over $130,000 in pandemic-related benefits. He also admitted to obtaining a $12,500 Paycheck Protection Program loan for a non-existent car wash business. Sanchez agreed to pay restitution to the New York State Department of Labor and the PPP lender. Authorities say a man allegedly choked someone, then threatened the person with a gun in a dispute that resulted in a standoff with state troopers that lasted several hours. According to New York State Police, 42-year-old Christopher Yeary of Hamden has been charged with felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon and unlawful imprisonment. He also faces counts of criminal obstruction of breathing, menacing, and criminal mischief. Walton police officers and state troopers were sent to investigate a reported domestic incident on Chambers Hollow Road around 12.40 p.m. on Saturday. The Walton officers helped to remove someone from the scene. That person was evaluated by Delhi Emergency Medical Services personnel, but was not taken to the hospital. Investigators say said Yeary would not leave the home to speak with police. He was taken into custody after about eight hours. More information on that story available on WMBF.com. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Good morning. It is just about 6.11 here on WMBF. You're listening to First News with myself, James Kelly, usually alongside Kathy White, but no Kathy this week. So just three hours of James Kelly on First News. Time for a traffic and weather update. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that beginning yesterday, the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will close for approximately 10 days to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use Exit 6 or Exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to Exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton will be closed to all traffic starting earlier this week for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last until about Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown roads, as well as Old Route 17.
patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard and Enwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 56 degrees, 87% humidity. Today patchy fog before 7 a.m., otherwise mostly sunny with a high near 81. Tonight mostly clear with a low around 59. Tomorrow a slight chance of showers after 2 p.m., patchy fog before 8 a.m., otherwise mostly sunny with a high near 87 and a 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly after 8 p.m., but mostly cloudy with a low around 67, a 50% chance of rain. Thursday, a chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 11 a.m., but partly sunny with a high near 87 and a 40% chance of rain. Thursday night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, then a chance of showers after 11 p.m., but mostly cloudy with a low around 65 and a 30% chance of rain. 614. You're listening to WMBF. The vessel. WNBF. 615 on WMBF. That's time for a sports update. You got a big game coming up if you're a fan of New York baseball. As the Yankees and the Mets are starting the inaugural inaugural not the inaugural the first one of the year subway series the yankees are throwing jordan montgomery three and two record with a 324 era against the mets taiwan walker seven and two with a 255 era should be a great game two really solid pitchers and jordan montgomery doesn't really get enough credit for how good he is and he's had a couple rough starts in the past you know three weeks or so before the All-Star break, but overall in the season, he's been really fantastic, and there was a long stretch in the beginning of the year where he just didn't get any run support, a la Jacob deGrom in 2018. You remember that season? I think there was a stat floating around that if the Mets had scored just three runs a game for Jacob deGrom, he would have had 30 wins that year. Instead, he had 10 wins and still won the Cy Young anyway. But this is an exciting time for New York baseball. It's always nice when the Mets and the Yankees are both good. Now, I grew up a Yankee fan, so obviously I'm partial to the Yankees. But it just makes New York baseball more entertaining when both teams are good. And that really hasn't been the case with the Mets over the last decade or so, save for 2015, a year that the Yankees really weren't all that good. Usually at this point in the season, the Mets collapse has already begun. So it's nice to see that this year, both teams are in first in their division. The Mets only with a slight lead over the Atlanta Braves. The Yankees have opened up a, a very comfortable American League East lead. But pretty similar records overall. It's more of a case of the Mets and the Braves both being good than the Yankees being you know, that much better than everyone else in their division, which they are. But I think it's fair to say that the Toronto Blue Jays especially 
have really underperformed this year. I didn't really have high hopes for the Boston Red Sox in the AL East this year. I know some people picked them to at least finish third in the division, maybe even above the Yankees. I would say in the beginning of the year, I had the Yankees slotted for a wild card spot, finishing third in the AL East. Much like last year, where the top four teams in the division were all pretty close. Uh, the Rays easily won the American League East last year, but the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Red Sox were all within a few games of each other, and it was only a one-game difference that put the Yankees in a wild-card game at Fenway Park instead of Yankee Stadium. Now, does that change the outcome of the game? It might. And John Carlos Stanton did have a couple hard doubles off the Green Monster that probably would have left Yankee Stadium, but then you get into the what-if category. You know, well, what if it was Yankee Stadium? What if he got a different pitch? What if the atmosphere was different? That changes things. But so far, two really strong teams going up against each other this year. Possibly a preview of what's to come in October. I think that would be fantastic. A Subway Series hasn't happened since 2000. And 2000 is one of my first baseball memories. I don't want to date myself here, but I guess I was about five years old at the time. So I don't really remember much from back then. I do remember the Subway Series, and I do explicitly remember the 2004 ALCS against the Boston Red Sox. Dave Roberts' big steal, especially. That will haunt my brain forever. I remember watching every one of those last games, thinking, yeah, the Yankees are going to the World Series tonight. No, we're going to the World Series tomorrow night. Uh, we might not go to the World Series at all anymore truly historic baseball moment that I just happen to be on the wrong side of. Other baseball news, the Players Association has rejected what Major League Baseball called its final offer for an international draft, a move that will keep direct draft pick compensation in place for free agents and likely limit the market for some older players, Anthony Rizzo of the Yankees among those players. The union announced its decision about eight hours before Monday's midnight deadline for an agreement that was set in the March 10 lockout settlement. The Binghamton Rumble Ponies are back in action tonight at Marabado Stadium at 6.35. If you can't make it in person, pregame on WMBF at 6.20, and you can listen to the entire thing right here with Jacob Wilkins. Other sports news. The NFL is making its move into offering its own media streaming platform. The league announced that NFL Plus launched on Monday. Owners were briefed about it during the league meetings in May. While Brian Rolop, the NFL's chief media and business officer, confirmed in a column for Sports Illustrated last week that it would be starting this season. Commissioner Roger Goodell said in a phone interview with the Associated Press that the direct-to-consumer offering gives the league the ability to understand what fans and non-fans are seeking in terms of content and customize it for them. That's something I would love to come to baseball. I know they have MLB TV in baseball, which is a really good service for somebody like me who likes to watch a lot of West Coast baseball games, but, you know, here I am in Binghamton, New York, and... I don't have cable, I only have streaming services at this point, so I can't watch the Yankees or the Mets unless I get out my computer and watch it directly on the website and put it on the TV, but that's a hassle. You know, if MLB TV didn't black out any games, well, I'd probably never watch anything else. I'd probably only watch baseball. I wouldn't need any other streaming services, for most of the year at least. 
621. Now it's time for Wall Street Now. From ABC News, Wall Street now. Stocks start the week wavering between small gains and losses. The Dow closed up 91 points. The Nasdaq fell 51. The S&P added five for the day. Conflicting signs about the health of the economy put the Federal Reserve into a tough spot. The job market is strong. Consumer spending still solid. But inflation is raging at a four-decade high, and that could prompt the Fed to aggressively raise interest rates again after their meeting this week in hopes of slowing inflation. It's a delicate balance, though. Raising rates too much could push the economy into a recession. If you've flown to Toronto lately, there's a good chance your flight was delayed. Pearson International was rated the world's worst. A recent survey, it had won top honors for airport service, but that was before this year's global travel meltdown. About 2,500 union workers at Boeing's St. Louis area plant could go on strike next week after rejecting the company's latest contract. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Almost three. Six twenty-three on WMBF. Now it's time for a better life with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Better life with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Just about any dietitian will tell you that our portion sizes in this country have gotten pretty out of control. Whether it's the size of a soda, a chocolate bar, your favorite fast food, chances are you're eating way more than you're quote unquote supposed to. Those extra calories, plus the fat and the sugar and the salt, add up really fast. So if you can get your portion sizes under control, you probably don't need to make too many other big changes to your diet. Take that little bit of time to read the label on the food and drinks you buy to see what's considered one portion. On so many bags and bottles that are made to look like a single serving, you're actually getting two or three servings. When I'm out at a restaurant, nowadays I ask my waiter or waitress for a to-go container as soon as I get my food. I know it's a little strange, but I put half my entree in there for later. That's before I even start to eat. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, helping you live a better life. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see, if something costs less but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. Even though people... Six twenty-seven on WMBF. Now it's time for a check on traffic and weather. New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit six to exit four. The seventeen eighty-one split work is expected to last until approximately Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. 
The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will close for approximately nine more days to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use Exit 6 or Exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour, utilizing I-81 to Exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street in Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Enwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as the Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 55 degrees, 90% humidity. Today, mostly sunny with a high near 76 degrees. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 57. Wednesday, a slight chance of showers after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 81, 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly after 8 p.m., but mostly cloudy with a low around 65 and a 50% chance of rain. Thursday, a chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 11 a.m., partly sunny with a high near 82 and a 40% chance of rain. And Thursday night, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, then a chance of showers after 11 p.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 64 degrees and a 30% chance of rain. 6.30, you're listening to WMBF. Your area... on WMBF. Now it's time for an ABC Entertainment update. ABC Entertainment News. Now I've got to turn my back. Paul Servino, who rose to prominence in productions like that championship season, Reds and Goodfellas has died. He passed of natural causes. His career spanned 50 years, but it was his role as mobster Paul Cicero in Martin Scorsese's classic, earning him the most notoriety. Don't make a jerk out of me. Just don't do it. Paul Servino was 83. Back to Vegas for Adele, announcing the rescheduled dates for her residency at Caesars Palace. Weekends with Adele was postponed back in January after complications with the show were starting up. 32 shows, which include eight additional performances, kick off November 18th. Brother, you are going down. Al Pacino there in 1995's Heat, directed by Michael Mann. The prequel novel Heat 2 hitting next month. It's written by Mann and takes place in the 1980s. In an interview, Mann says he hopes to get it on film at some point. Matt Wolf, ABC News. You want... Where news breaks first. 
News Radio 1290 WNBF. On July 25th at approximately 7.38 p.m., New York State Police at Enwell and members of the Bureau of Criminal Investigation responded to a shooting in the 200 block of Carl Street in the town of Union. An adult male was found to have been shot in the chest area and was transported to Wilson Medical Center. The investigation is ongoing. On July 23rd at approximately 2.06 a.m., New York State Police at Oneonta and members of the Bureau of Criminal Investigation responded to the report of a one-vehicle crash on Shacktown Mountain Road in the town of Pittsfield. On scene, troopers discovered that a vehicle was traveling east on Shacktown Mountain Road when it exited the roadway, went down an embankment, and struck trees. A 22-year-old passenger was pronounced deceased on scene. The 22-year-old driver was transported to Bassett Hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. The crash remains under investigation. State police in Hastings are investigating a fatal motorcycle truck crash that occurred at the intersection of County Route 26 and Kipp Road in the town of Parrish, Oswego County. On July 24th at 9.21 p.m., a 2008 Honda motorcycle operated by Joseph Bucci from Central Square was traveling west on County Route 26 when a 2020 Chevrolet pickup truck operated by Mark Hahn from Central Square was traveling south on Kipp Road and making a left-hand turn when the motorcycle struck the front end of the pickup truck. Bucci was ejected from the motorcycle and was pronounced deceased at the scene. Man and a 64-year-old passenger were not hurt in the crash. Man was tested by a state police drug recognition expert and was negative for any alcohol or drug impairment. On Saturday, July 23rd, Troopers from State Police Waterloo responded to a property damage accident at Del Lago Casino in the town of Tyre. Christine Connors of Auburn was subsequently arrested for driving while ability impaired by drugs in the first degree and a traffic violation. On Friday, July 22nd, troopers from State Police Auburn responded to a motor vehicle accident on Kings Corners Road in the town of Ledyard. Jane Calais of Union Springs was subsequently arrested for driving while intoxicated and ticketed for refusal to submit to a breath test and another violation. Tyler Purvis Mitchell of Albany was sentenced to 150 months in prison for possessing and intending to distribute methamphetamine-laced pills in the city of Albany. Purvis Mitchell, who was on federal supervised release at the time of his offense, was sentenced to an additional 12 months in prison to be served consecutively for violations of his release conditions, including for his reckless flight from members of the Albany Police Department. Purvis Mitchell was convicted after a jury trial in December 2021. The evidence at trial established that on May 7, 2020, Purvis Mitchell possessed with the intent to distribute more than 125 pills containing methamphetamine and weighing over 50 grams in his residence and his vehicle. The jury voted to acquit Purvis Mitchell of two felony charges for possessing of a firearm as a felon and possession of a firearm in furtherance of a drug trafficking crime. Hector Sanchez of Rensselaer, New York, was sentenced to 70 months in prison for defrauding pandemic-related unemployment insurance and small business loan programs. As part of his prior guilty plea, Sanchez admitted to making false unemployment insurance claims to the New York State Department of Labor, 
using the identifying information of other people and personally receiving over $130,000 in pandemic-related benefits. He also admitted to obtaining a $12,500 Paycheck Protection Program loan for a non-existent car wash business. Sanchez agreed to pay restitution to the New York State Department of Labor and the PPP lender. Authorities say a man allegedly choked someone, then threatened the person with a gun in a dispute that resulted in a standoff with state troopers that lasted several hours. According to New York State Police, 42-year-old Christopher Yeary of Hamden has been charged with felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon and unlawful imprisonment. He also faces counts of criminal obstruction of breathing, menacing, and criminal mischief. Walton police officers and state troopers were sent to investigate a reported domestic incident on Chambers Hollow Road around 12.40 p.m. on Saturday. The Walton officers helped to remove someone from the scene. That person was evaluated by Delhi Emergency Medical Services personnel, but was not taken to the hospital. Investigators say said Yeary would not leave the home to speak with police. He was taken into custody after about eight hours. More information on that story available on WMBF.com. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Almost three. Six forty on WMBF. I have good news to report to the people today. Seems the air conditioning in the studio has been fixed. I know everybody was greatly concerned about that yesterday, and I was sweating in here. I can only imagine what Bob was going through, because I don't know if you guys have heard, but Bob stands for the entire three hours of his show. The whole three hours. He stands up, does not sit down one time. It's unbelievable. I mean, I'm out here, I'm 26 years old, and if I'm standing for more than 15 minutes at a time, I promise you my back will be on fire. I need to sit. I crave sitting. And yet Bob stands for three hours, all for the people, all for the great people of the greater Binghamton area. And he did that with no air conditioning yesterday. Might explain why he was running a little hot. Bob Joseph was on fire yesterday. But air conditioning has returned to the building. So I don't have to worry about that. And of course, I will be sitting down for the entirety of the show with the air conditioner right above me. So I stay nice and cool. It's nice to see that today's weather forecast has a 7 in front of the temperature. Not an 8. Not a 9. Like last week. A 7. I'm really looking forward to it. I might actually enjoy some outdoors time today. You know, I've been trying to get back into running. Back in the day, way back in my younger years, I was a pretty decent runner. Ran, ran throughout high school, ran track and cross country, and ran for about three months in college before I decided, you know what, mandatory 8 a.m. Sunday practices, it's not really that fun. It's not fun to run 13 miles on a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. So I quit that, and ever since then, I kind of put running on the back burner. Never really enjoyed it, personally. It was just something that I did to stay in shape. Turned out to be okay at it, so I kept doing it. But now I've decided that some of my clothes are starting to fit a little tight. 
So, we're back to the running game. And I had to put that on hold last week because it was so hot. I tried to go for one run and I almost passed out. Well, maybe this week get back into it. And if you see anybody looking like they're having an asthma attack out on the streets while running around in Vestal, well, that's me. So, you know, come over, check on me. Maybe bring me a water, a portable air conditioner, perhaps. An oxygen mask in severe cases. Because I am definitely not in good shape anymore. 743, you're listening to WMBF. For 50. on WNBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. The New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last until approximately Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will close for approximately nine more days to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use Exit 6 or Exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street in Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Enwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 55 degrees, 90% humidity. Today mostly sunny with a high near 76. Tonight mostly clear with a low around 57. Tomorrow a slight chance of showers after 2 p.m. But mostly sunny with a high near 81 and a 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly after 8 p.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 65 and a 50% chance of rain. Thursday, a chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 11 a.m. Partly sunny with a high near 82 degrees, 40% chance of rain. And Thursday night, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms. Then a chance of showers after 11 p.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 64 and a 30% chance of rain. 
649. You're listening to WMBF. on WNBF. That's time for a sports update. Big baseball night, if you're a fan of New York baseball, as the New York Yankees take on the New York Mets in the first Subway Series of the year. Pitching for the Yankees, Jordan Montgomery, 3-2 record with a 3.24 ERA. For the Mets, Taiwan Walker, 7-2 record with a 2.55 ERA. The Yankees currently 66 and 31, first in the AL East, and the Mets 59 and 37, first in the NL East. So a great matchup between two really great teams. Feels like it hasn't happened in a while where both the Yankees and the Mets have been this good at this point of the season. I feel like most years that I can remember from my youthful days. I'd be trash-talking with my cousins about the Yankees and the Mets. Obviously, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm wearing a Yankees hat right now, in fact. And they'd always say in April and May, when the Mets were playing well, like, this is the Mets' year. The Mets are better than the Yankees this year. And every year, I said, wait till the All-Star break. Just wait. Because we know what happens when we get to the All-Star break. The Mets fall apart, and the Yankees get, get even better. And every year, it happened without fail. But this year, the Mets and the Yankees are both legitimate. They are both very much World Series contenders. The Mets have a little bit of a tougher division battle against the Atlanta Braves to take the NLEs. But at this point in the season, I would almost guarantee the Mets find themselves in the postseason. And I think it's fair to say that the Yankees will likely find themselves in the postseason too. So we could be watching a little bit of a preview of an October Subway Series in the World Series. Hasn't happened since 2000. And of course that was pretty cool. But it's nice to have both teams be good in New York again. Other sports news. The Players Association has rejected what Major League Baseball called its final offer for an international draft, a move that will keep direct draft pick compensation in place for free agents and likely limit the market for some older players. The union announced its decision about eight hours before Monday's midnight deadline for an agreement that was set in the March 10th lockout settlement. And the NFL is making its move into offering its own media streaming platform. The league announced that NFL Plus launched on Monday. Owners were briefed about it during the league meetings in May, while Brian Rolap, the NFL's chief media and business officer, confirmed in a column for Sports Illustrated last week that it would be starting this season. Commissioner Roger Goodell said in a phone interview with the Associated Press that the direct-to-consumer offering gives the league the ability to understand what fans and non-fans are seeking in terms of content and customize it for them. And no game for the Binghamton Rombo Ponies last night, but they're back in action tonight against the New Hampshire Fisher Cats at 635 at Marabado Stadium. If you can't make it in person, you can listen to the game here on WMBF. Pre-game starts at 620 with Jacob Wilkins. 653. You're listening to WMBF. Six fifty-five on WNBF. 
A little business update. Conflicting signs about the health of the U.S. economy have thrust the Federal Reserve into a difficult spot, with inflation raging at a four-decade high. The job market strong and consumer spending still solid. The Fed is under pressure to raise interest rates aggressively. But other signs suggest the economy is slowing and might even have shrunk in the first half of the year. Such evidence would typically lead the Fed to stop raising rates or even cut them. For now, though, the Fed is focused squarely on its inflation fight, and this week it's set to announce another hefty hike in its benchmark interest rate. Tougher check on traffic and weather. The New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last until approximately Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will close for approximately nine more days to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. And around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road, and the Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street in Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Enwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton right now about 55 degrees, 90% humidity. Today mostly sunny with a high near 76. Tonight mostly clear with a low around 57. Tomorrow a slight chance of showers after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 81. 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly after 8 p.m., but mostly cloudy with a low around 65. Chance of rain, 50%. Thursday, a chance of showers with thunderstorms, also possible after 11 a.m. Partly sunny with a high near 82 and a 40% chance of rain. And Thursday night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, then chance of showers after 11 p.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 64 degrees and a 30% chance of rain. 658, you're listening to WMBF. You're this is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. on WMBF's First News. Myself, James Kelly, 
we got two more hours to go here as we're closing out hour number one before we have three hours of Binghamton Now with Bob Joseph, our live and local talk show. Your chance to get involved in the show to call in. Don't call me. Call Bob. But coming up next, we have ABC News, followed by two more hours of first news. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. On July 25th at approximately 7.38 p.m., New York State Police at Enwell and members of the Bureau of Criminal Investigation responded to a shooting in the 200 block of Carl Street in the town of Union. An adult male was found to have been shot in the chest area and was transported to Wilson Medical Center. The investigation is ongoing. On July 23rd at approximately 2.06 a.m., New York State Police at Oneonta and members of the Bureau of Criminal Investigation responded to the report of a one-vehicle crash on Shacktown Mountain Road in the town of Pittsfield. On scene, troopers discovered that a vehicle was traveling east on Shacktown Mountain Road when it exited the roadway, went down an embankment, and struck trees. A 22-year-old passenger was pronounced deceased on scene. The 22-year-old driver was transported to Bassett Hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. The crash remains under investigation. State police in Hastings are investigating a fatal motorcycle truck crash that occurred at the intersection of County Route 26 and Kip Road in the town of Parrish, Oswego County. On July 24th at 9.21 p.m., a 2008 Honda motorcycle operated by Joseph Bucci from Central Square was traveling west on County Route 26 when a 2020 Chevrolet pickup truck operated by Mark Hahn from Central Square was traveling south on Kip Road and making a left-hand turn when the motorcycle struck the front end of the pickup truck. Bucci was ejected from the motorcycle and was pronounced deceased at the scene. Man and a 64-year-old passenger were not hurt in the crash. Man was tested by a state police drug recognition expert and was negative for any alcohol or drug impairment. On Saturday, July 23rd, troopers from state police Waterloo responded to a property damage accident at Del Lago Casino in the town of Tyre. Christine Connors of Auburn was subsequently arrested for driving while ability impaired by drugs in the first degree and a traffic violation. On Friday, July 22nd, troopers from State Police Auburn responded to a motor vehicle accident on Kings Corners Road in the town of Ledyard. Jane Calais of Union Springs was subsequently arrested for driving while intoxicated and ticketed for refusal to submit to a breath test and another violation. Tyler Purvis Mitchell of Albany was sentenced to 150 months in prison for possessing and intending to distribute methamphetamine-laced pills in the city of Albany. Purvis Mitchell, who was on federal supervised release at the time of his offense, was sentenced to an additional 12 months in prison to be served consecutively for violations of his release conditions, including for his reckless flight from members of the Albany Police Department. Purvis Mitchell was convicted after a jury trial in December 2021. The evidence at trial established that on May 7, 2020, Purvis Mitchell possessed with the intent to distribute more than 125 pills containing methamphetamine and weighing over 50 grams in his residence and his vehicle. The jury voted to acquit Purvis Mitchell of two felony charges for possessing of a firearm as a felon and possession of a firearm in furtherance of a drug trafficking crime. Hector Sanchez of Rensselaer, New York, 
was sentenced to 70 months in prison for defrauding pandemic-related unemployment insurance and small business loan programs. As part of his prior guilty plea, Sanchez admitted to making false unemployment insurance claims to the New York State Department of Labor, using the identifying information of other people, and personally receiving over $130,000 in pandemic-related benefits. He also admitted to obtaining a $12,500 Paycheck Protection Program loan for a non-existent car wash business. Sanchez agreed to pay restitution to the New York State Department of Labor and the PPP lender. Authorities say a man allegedly choked someone, then threatened the person with a gun in a dispute that resulted in a standoff with state troopers that lasted several hours. According to New York State Police, 42-year-old Christopher Yeary of Hamden has been charged with felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon and unlawful imprisonment. He also faces counts of criminal obstruction of breathing, menacing, and criminal mischief. Walton police officers and state troopers were sent to investigate a reported domestic incident on Chambers Hollow Road around 12.40 p.m. on Saturday. The Walton officers helped to remove someone from the scene. That person was evaluated by Delhi Emergency Medical Services personnel, but was not taken to the hospital. Investigators say said Yeary would not leave the home to speak with police. He was taken into custody after about eight hours. More information on that story available on WMBF.com. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Almost three. Seven ten on WNBF. Hour number two of Binghamton's first news. Myself, James Kelly, usually alongside Kathy White, but no Kathy this week. Just me, all by myself in the studio. Time for a check on traffic and weather. New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately until Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will close for approximately nine more days to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use Exit 6 or Exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to Exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton will be closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. And around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street in Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Enwell, 
and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as the Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 56 degrees, 93% humidity. Today partly sunny with a high near 76 degrees. Tonight partly cloudy with a low around 57. Tomorrow a slight chance of showers after 3 p.m. Mostly sunny with a high near 81. Chance of rain 20%. Tomorrow night a chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly after 9 p.m. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 65, 50% chance of rain. Thursday, a chance of showers and thunderstorms before 9 a.m., then a chance of showers between 9 a.m. and noon, then a chance of showers and thunderstorms afternoon. Partly sunny, with a high near 82 degrees, 50% chance of rain. And Thursday night, a chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy, with a low around 64 degrees, 40% chance of rain. It's 714. You're listening to WMBF. Even though people... WMBF. 716 on WMBF. That's time for a check on sports. The New York Yankees take on the New York Mets. After Jose Trevino had a four-hit game on Sunday and a 6-0 win over the Orioles. Pitching for the Yankees, Jordan Montgomery, 3-2 record, a 3.24 ERA. And for the Mets, Taiwan Walker, a 7-2 record, 2.55 ERA. Both teams in first in their division, likely heading to the postseason. It's the first Subway Series game of the year. And potentially, a sneak preview of what's to come in October, should everything go right for New York baseball. It's been a while since everything went right for New York baseball. Well, you had the Mets in the World Series in 2015, but I think, looking back, it's easy enough to acknowledge that the Kansas City Royals and the New York Mets were not the two best teams in Major League Baseball that year. The Mets were kind of lucky to get to the World Series, as were the Kansas City Royals. It was a very poorly designed team that just got hot at the right time, and that's what it's all about in the postseason. I mean, look at the Atlanta Braves last year. That was a really poorly designed team that also lost Ronald Acuna Jr. in the middle of the season with a torn ACL. But you take Eddie Rosario, the definition of a league average hitter for his career, and all of a sudden, he gets hot in the postseason. He's one of the best hitters in baseball for a few weeks, as was Jock Peterson. And you look at the Atlanta bullpen, which was really not that good during the season, ironically, save for Luke Jackson, who was a very good during the regular season, but collapsed in the postseason. And all of a sudden, they just figure it out at the right time. A.J. Minter especially. So everything, you know, the Yankees and the Mets have to get lucky, as well as having everything go right down the stretch of the season. The Mets are only in first in their division by about a game over the Atlanta Braves, a game and a half. Now, the postseason did expand this year to six teams from each league. 
so I would say it's likely that the Mets make the playoffs. I would give the Yankees it's a foregone conclusion at this point because of the lead they've opened up in the AL East, thanks to some underperformances from, say, the Toronto Blue Jays and Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox are going through a tough stretch right now. Lost a real laugher to the Blue Jays late last week, maybe on Saturday. I believe the final score was like 28 to 3 or so, or maybe at some point it was 25 to 3. Either way, just a really poor performance for the Boston Red Sox. They lost 28 to 5 on Friday night against the Toronto Blue Jays. And when you look at the American League East right now, Toronto's in second place, but they're 12 and a half games behind the Yankees. Of course, the Mets only, oh, they're two games above Atlanta now. Looks like Atlanta played last night and lost. But not much of a cushion there for the Mets. Still, I'd put both teams in the postseason pretty comfortably. And if they get hot at the right time, we could be heading towards a 2000 World Series rematch, which I think would be fantastic for me especially. I'm a big New York baseball fan. Some Yankee fans take it upon themselves to hate the Mets. I don't. I like the Mets. I like when the Mets are good. It's good for business. It's good for New York baseball business. Other MLB news, the Players Association has rejected what Major League Baseball called its final offer for an international draft, a move that will keep direct draft pick compensation in place for free agents and likely limit the market for some older players. The union announced its decision about eight hours before Monday's midnight deadline for an agreement that was set in the March 10th lockout settlement. The international draft is interesting in baseball. As part of me knows that Major League Baseball, the organizations, are trying to gain some kind of financial advantage over the players by instituting a draft because that's what they do. They had to give a little in the lockout this year, raise minimum salaries, manage to keep service time at six years. But they want to gain something back. But then again, the way the international system works now, especially in Latin American countries, it's very corrupt. You have 13-year-olds pretty much deciding what team they're going to sign with when they're 13. And eventually they sign at 16. Jason Dominguez, a prime example of that. He signed the biggest international contract ever given out to a Latin American player. Because the rules are a little different between Latin America and, say, Japan and Korea. Where players in Japan and Korea actually play professionally for a couple of years before they decide to make the switch over to Major League Baseball. Like, say, Shohei Otani or Young Kim from the San Diego Padres who had solid professional careers going for them before they switched over. In Latin America, these kids get signed at 16 years old, but they've been working out with specific teams from the time they were basically before they were even teenagers. And there are pictures of Jason Dominguez wearing Yankees gear well before his eligibility time to sign an international contract. So would an international draft help or hurt? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It would definitely cut down on some of those backdoor deals that go down with 13-year-olds, say. But 
I don't trust Major League Baseball to not do what's in the best interest of Major League Baseball. Financially, especially. 722, you're listening to WMBF. Now it's time for ABC's Jim Ryan with Wall Street Now. From ABC News, Wall Street Now. Two of the three major stock indexes ticked upward on Monday. The Dow Jones gaining 91 points to close at 31,990. The Standard & Poor's 500 added a fraction. The Nasdaq Composite slipped about four-tenths of one percent. It's another meeting of the Federal Reserve. It starts today, and by the time it ends tomorrow, we may see another significant interest rate hike. It would be the fourth increase since March as the Fed tries to put the brakes on inflation. Companies that handle student loans for the federal government are being told to hold off on sending out new bills. A pandemic freeze on loan payments is set to expire at the end of August, but the Biden administration is considering some loan forgiveness programs that might stay in place. It's Meta versus Meta. Facebook's parent company is facing lawsuits from at least two other companies that already had Meta as part of their names before Mark Zuckerberg chose that moniker back in October for Facebook. Jim Ryan, ABC News. Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. Oh, yeah, you definitely know what that music means. That means we are now joined by Karen Sweet O'Neill, who's going to tell us how to save some money as per usual. Karen, how are you? I am well. How are you, James? Oh, I'm fantastic. I feel like I'm home alone right now. There's no Kathy this week. <laughs> Bob's not here. Everyone's gone. I know. What's up with that? You're like the Lone Ranger down there. I know. It's crazy. They should not trust me to be doing this. <laughs> hey, do what you want then. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. So you're here to give us a sneak preview of what we have to talk about tomorrow. What is it? I am. Um, you know, so many people, and one of the biggest um, questions, you know, people that are turning 62, 63, 64, um, Social Security eligible, say, when should I start taking my benefits? You know, should I wait, Should you know, until I'm 70 and get the maximum output? Should I do it as quickly as I can, which would be at age 62 and take a reduced benefit or should I wait till my full retirement age, which depend that depends obviously on when you were born. So because whatever you end up doing, you usually have for the rest of your life, James, you want to make sure that you make the correct decision for you when you have the opportunity to start collecting Social Security. So we're going to talk about one of the biggest questions that we hear all the time is, how many hours can I work and still collect Social Security? Because most people that are age 62 and, you know, even right up into their 70s or, you know, late 60s say, I don't want to retire. That's not necessary for me right now. I love what I do. I want to continue in the work." in the workplace, but I don't want to leave that Social Security money necessarily because I can take that money even if I don't need to use it and invest it. So how many hours can I work and still collect Social Security? So that is going to depend on if you are working before your full retirement age, which is referred to as FRA, and 
working during the year you reach your full retirement age, because that's a whole different story, or working after full retirement age, and also what is considered income, because all of those things play a part in what Social Security may limit or withhold if you make over a certain amount. So we're going to talk about the amounts, what Social Security would withhold if you reach those earning amounts, and then how it's going to work once you're at full retirement age. Do they make you whole again, and do you get that money back? Because a lot of people don't realize that. So we're going to talk about that, and if people have questions, we are up on the parkway, and uh, we specialize in Medicare counseling, as most people know, we're going to talk about that down the road because open enrollment's coming, James, and that's a very, very uh, busy, crazy time. And that's um, that's the time that people that are on Medicare or going on Medicare need to decide what kind of health care they would like to supplement the Medicare um, that they go on. And there's different choices, and there's also ways that you need to participate with Medicare so there's no penalty involved. So we're up on the parkway, 1708 Vestal Parkway East. We're doing a lot of term insurance right now as well. So people are looking to cover their uh, cover their families uh, with the lowest premium outlay as possible. And so we kind of do what Select Quote does because we have all the companies and we just shop it for them. So you can reach us several ways. You can reach us at 607-772-4898. You can Google us at KSO Insurance, and all our contact information comes up. Or simply go to a phone book. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages, and we're up on the parkway above Plato's Closet and Style Encore, and you can drive straight up to us. Wow, well, this sounds like an important one. So everybody should definitely tune in tomorrow for Karen's weekly segment where she actually tells us about all of these things and saves us money and helps us retire. It seems like a long way off for me, but I'm always down to save some money since I just got my electric bill. <laughs> and everybody wants to save money. You're right, James. Oh, yeah. Karen, thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to talking tomorrow. Very good. Have a good day. You too. 729 on WMBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. On July 25th at approximately 7.38 p.m., New York State Police at Enwell and members of the Bureau of Criminal Investigation responded to a shooting in the 200 block of Carl Street in the town of Union. An adult male was found to have been shot in the chest area and was transported to Wilson Medical Center, the investigation is ongoing. On July 23rd at approximately 2.06 a.m., New York State Police at Oneonta and members of the Bureau of Criminal Investigation responded to the report of a one-vehicle crash on Shacktown Mountain Road in the town of Pittsfield. On scene, troopers discovered that a vehicle was traveling east on Shacktown Mountain Road when it exited the roadway, went down an embankment, and struck trees. A 22-year-old passenger was pronounced deceased on scene. The 22-year-old driver was transported to Bassett Hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. The crash remains under investigation. State police in Hastings are investigating a fatal motorcycle truck crash that occurred at the intersection of County Route 26 and Kip Road in the town of Parrish, Oswego County. 
On July 24th at 9.21 p.m., a 2008 Honda motorcycle operated by Joseph Bucci from Central Square was traveling west on County Route 26 when a 2020 Chevrolet pickup truck operated by Mark Hahn from Central Square was traveling south on Kip Road and making a left-hand turn when the motorcycle struck the front end of the pickup truck. Bucci was ejected from the motorcycle and was pronounced deceased at the scene. Man and a 64-year-old passenger were not hurt in the crash. Man was tested by a state police drug recognition expert and was negative for any alcohol or drug impairment. On Saturday, July 23rd, troopers from State Police Waterloo responded to a property damage accident at Del Lago Casino in the town of Tyre. Christine Connors of Auburn was subsequently arrested for driving while ability impaired by drugs in the first degree and a traffic violation. On Friday, July 22nd, troopers from State Police Auburn responded to a motor vehicle accident on Kings Corners Road in the town of Ledyard. Jane Calais of Union Springs was subsequently arrested for driving while intoxicated and ticketed for refusal to submit to a breath test and another violation. Tyler Purvis Mitchell of Albany was sentenced to 150 months in prison for possessing and intending to distribute methamphetamine-laced pills in the city of Albany. Purvis Mitchell, who was on federal supervised release at the time of his offense, was sentenced to an additional 12 months in prison to be served consecutively for violations of his release conditions, including for his reckless flight from members of the Albany Police Department. Purvis Mitchell was convicted after a jury trial in December 2021. The evidence at trial established that on May 7, 2020, Purvis Mitchell possessed with the intent to distribute more than 125 pills containing methamphetamine and weighing over 50 grams in his residence and his vehicle. The jury voted to acquit Purvis Mitchell of two felony charges for possessing of a firearm as a felon and possession of a firearm in furtherance of a drug trafficking crime. Hector Sanchez of Rensselaer, New York, was sentenced to 70 months in prison for defrauding pandemic-related unemployment insurance and small business loan programs. As part of his prior guilty plea, Sanchez admitted to making false unemployment insurance claims to the New York State Department of Labor, using the identifying information of other people, and personally receiving over $130,000 in pandemic-related benefits. He also admitted to obtaining a $12,500 Paycheck Protection Program loan for a non-existent car wash business. Sanchez agreed to pay restitution to the New York State Department of Labor and the PPP lender. Authorities say a man allegedly choked someone, then threatened the person with a gun in a dispute that resulted in a standoff with state troopers that lasted several hours. According to New York State Police, 42-year-old Christopher Yeary of Hamden has been charged with felony, felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon and unlawful imprisonment. He also faces counts of criminal obstruction of breathing, menacing, and criminal mischief. Walton police officers and state troopers were sent to investigate a reported domestic incident on Chambers Hollow Road around 12.40 p.m. on Saturday. The Walton officers helped to remove someone from the scene. That person was evaluated by Delhi Emergency Medical Services personnel, but was not taken to the hospital. Investigators say said Yeary would not leave the home to speak with police. He was taken into custody after about eight hours. More information on that story available on WMBF.com. 
You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Hey, Pete. on WNBF, listening to First News with myself, James Kelly, and only James Kelly. Nobody else. I'm home alone here. Pretty sure that even the other studios we have here at Town Square Media, pretty sure we got a lot of off days today and this week in general. So really, until Bob gets here, I have nobody to talk to except the people. I can talk to the people. I won't take phone calls, but you can tweet at me. Some of you already know that. I know, friend of the program, Dave, always makes sure to tell me when I'm mispronouncing something. And I appreciate that because I want to get all the pronunciations correct. I used to laugh at people who would come down to Long Island and say, what do you mean you don't know how to pronounce Hopog? How could it be any easier? Hopog, it couldn't be any easier to pronounce. Ronkonkoma. It's perfectly clear as day. And now I'm up here, and I didn't grow up here, and I don't know any of the names of the towns off the top of my head, so I have to learn how to pronounce them all, all over again. All part of the process. But yeah, if you hear me mispronounce anything, feel free to tweet it at me. That's at J. Kelly WNBF. Pretty easy to find me. Or if you want to tell me how much you hate me, you can DM me. That's usually the Twitter DMs that I got when I was in the sports media. People mad about trade proposals say you're dumb. So far, the people in the news world have been a lot nicer than the people in the sports world. But what are you going to do? People get intense about their sports, especially baseball. Oh, especially the corners of the baseball world that I was in, apparently. I always found baseball arguments weird because there's no other sport that really has the amount of analytic data that baseball has. I mean, you can really boil down every swing, every pitch even, to how many times the ball rotates. It gives you pretty clear answers about who's good, who's bad, who's getting unlucky, who's getting really lucky. The Mets last year or two years ago, I believe actually 2020, the Mets, that was one of the most unlucky teams in baseball. In 2021, Dom Smith especially, a guy that Mets fans had really high hope for, high, high hopes for after the 2020 season. Dom Smith got really unlucky last year. And it just hasn't put it together again this year. But you can really get down into numbers and say, okay, well, he hits the ball hard. He hits the ball this often, and he hits the ball at this launch angle. So statistically, he should have a lot more hits. When you have all that data, you know, it's not like watching, you know, in basketball, you can just say, oh, well, LeBron went 33 for 40 today. So pretty good day. But how can you bank on that again? You can't. With baseball, it's a lot easier to settle these arguments with numbers. 743, you're listening to WMBF. Tired. News Radio 1290, WMBF. 
7.45 on WNBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last until approximately Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will close for approximately nine more days to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street in Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Enwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. And striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 56 degrees, 93% humidity. Today partly sunny with a high near 76. Tonight partly cloudy with a low around 57. Tomorrow a slight chance of showers after 3 p.m. Mostly sunny with a high near 81. Chance of rain 20%. Chance of showers and thunderstorms on Wednesday night, mainly after 9 p.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 65, 50% chance of rain. Thursday, a chance of showers and thunderstorms before 9 a.m., then a chance of showers between 9 a.m. and noon, then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after noon, but partly sunny with a high near 82 and a 50% chance of rain. And Thursday night, a chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy, with a low around 64, 40% chance of rain. 748, you're listening to WMBF. If you're... on WNBF. Time for a check on sports. New York Yankees and the New York Mets are facing off in the first Subway Series of the year. Yankees are pitching Jordan Montgomery, 3-2 record with a 3.24 ERA. The Mets, Taiwan Walker, 7-2 record with a 2.55 ERA. Both good teams, the Yankees 66-31, first in the AL East, and the Mets 59-37, first in the NL East. And I think the most interesting part of the week series, it's only a two-game series, midweek, 
will be how much we talk about Juan Soto for both teams. Now the Yankees and the Mets are both involved in the Juan Soto sweepstakes. Maybe the Yankees more actively than the Mets at this point. So let's see. I'm sure all week we'll be talking about, well, what could the Yankees offer? What could the Mets offer? I think the Yankees can probably offer more. Although it would likely mean Aaron Judge walks at some point. But you never know with Steve Cohen. It's new ownership in Queens. Steve Cohen is not afraid to spend money. The richest, the richest owner in baseball, Steve Cohen. Buying a Major League Baseball team is like buying a boat for him. He's just like, yeah, I don't know. This will be fun to have and I'll dump some money into it. Might mess around and win a championship. Might mess around and put together one of the best teams ever. The most expensive teams ever. Juan Soto is that guy. He does take your team from, you know, and this is a pretty good team, probably a title contender, to, oh, this might be one of the best offenses we've ever seen just by adding him into the lineup. I still think the San Diego Padres end up with him, of course. Now, it's known that I am a San Diego Padres enthusiast. Today, I'm wearing my Yankees hat, not my Padres hat. But just imagining the potential of a lineup that has Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, and Manny Machado in it, that gets me excited. That gets me excited. And the Padres have a lot of prospects. A lot of really good young MLB players, too. Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams come first to mind. Both of those guys would probably go in this trade. But they also have a lot of other top prospects who are in the minor leagues still. And they have the clearest need for an offensive bump since they haven't had Fernando Tatis Jr. at all this year. And they're just barely keeping pace in the NL West at this point. The Dodgers have opened up a pretty solid lead in the division. But the Padres are still right in that playoff contention area. Adding a guy like Juan Soto and then bringing back a guy like Fernando, who could be available in about 10 days or so. 10 to 15 days. It makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. Two of the best hitters in Major League Baseball, adding them into a lineup that's really been carried by strong starting pitching this year. Other sports news, the NFL is making its move into offering its own media streaming platform. The league announced that NFL Plus launched on Monday. Owners were briefed about it during the league meetings in May, while Brian Rolap, the NFL's chief media and business officer, confirmed in a column for Sports Illustrated last week that it would be starting this season. So an exciting thing for football fans. The Binghamton Rumble Ponies, no game last night, but they're back in action tonight at Marabado Stadium at 6.35. Of course, if you can't make it in person, you can listen to the game right here on WMBF. Pre-game starts at 6.20 with Jacob Wilkins. 6.53, you're listening to WMBF. For 50... on WMBF. Now it's time for ABC's Tech Trends. 
From ABC News Tech Trends, it's big tech earnings season, which could give economists more insight into whether a recession is on the horizon. The results for these tech companies are critical because they do drive a lot of market sentiment. Amazon, Apple, Meta, and several other tech firms are set to post earnings in the coming days. And Investopedia's Caleb Silver says tensions are high after what happened to Snap last week. Snapchat, on the other hand, which is very dependent on digital advertising revenue, had terrible earnings and a terrible outlook going forward. He urges investors to keep a close eye on Apple. They're very tied to both the consumer economy and the business economy. We're going to get a good sense of how strong Apple thinks consumer spending is, but also how strong business spending is as well. Silver says a slump in tech stocks doesn't necessarily indicate a broader economic downturn, but rather a reversion to the mean. The growth rates for these big tech companies are going to kind of level off to where they were probably pre-pandemic. We're not going to get that insane growth that we had. With Tech Trends, I'm Jim Ryan, ABC News. And time for a check on traffic and weather. The New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last until approximately Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that beginning earlier this week, the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson is closed. It will be closed for about nine more days to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour, utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. And around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard and Enwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton right now about 56 degrees, humidity 93%. Today, partly sunny with a high near 76. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 57. Tomorrow, a slight chance of showers after 2 p.m., mostly sunny with a high near 81 and a 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly after 8 p.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 65 and a 50% chance of rain. Thursday, a chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 11 a.m., Partly sunny with a high near 82 degrees and a 40% chance of rain. And Thursday night, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms. And a chance of showers after 11 p.m., mostly cloudy, with a low around 64 degrees, 30% chance of rain. 
759. You're listening to WMBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Closing out hour number two of First News on WMBF with myself, James Kelly. Coming up, another hour of First News, then followed by three hours of Binghamton Now, our live and local talk show featuring Bob Joseph. But up next, ABC News.